Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Hmm. This is your host, Lorraine Nightheart, and I'm not really sure whether we are recording or not. Well, I guess I'm going to go ahead as if. So, we uh, here at uh, Venus Unplugged, what we do is we talk about all things Venusian Venus. And what we have been exploring is the myth of Ainana, who is uh, also Venus in the ancient Sumerian uh, myth. And today we're going to explore, now Ainana has been to the underworld, she has returned, and she is looking for her replacement. And who does she choose but her beloved? He is, because when we do a tour of duty in the underworld, we need to uh, replace someone. This is what happens in our life. It's called the scapegoat substitute or sacrifice. Now, sometimes projection is a scapegoating technique. No, 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 it's all your fault. I would not be uh, disrupted with having to see my shadow if it wasn't for your fault. Because most battles or arguments or disagreements are, is, uh, is an aspect of the shadow. Uh, a person notices, um, does, may not even realize. It's like you, you can notice something about someone and say something that you think is innocent and then they blow up, which is going to be a lot of that happening. Over the next uh, couple of days and next week, it's going to be really kind of interesting. Uh, and, and you don't realize that, you, you know, you, when the anger is disproportionate to the dynamic or the exchange, you know you've touched a complex. And when you can't shut it off because it's going around and around in your head, the story, you are in an archetypal rage now, personal rage. Personal rage, we can usually go like, okay, enough. i got to get on with the day. Enough with this carrying on inside of myself. But if we can't stop it, that means we've, we've touched a, uh, a level of the collective unconscious or archetypal rage, pure rage, the rage of the gods. And the rage of the gods said, we are allowed to kill. We are allowed to say anything we want. We can, we can assassinate that person's character or they're absolutely wrong or whatever it might be. But there's always some big, big substitute. There is some big, we ask that person to carry our journey, which ultimately gives them the power. Right? So she comes up from the underworld. So Inanna is, she's restored to active life. But uh, she's got something a little different because she's met Arishkagal and a reality. Arishkagal is her sister and dark side. So she comes up knowing something. And uh, the lore of the underworld is needs to be replaced. Nothing is released without something being replaced. So... Dumuzi, Ainana's consort, and the shepherd, 
uh, she has installed as king of Sumer, has gone on with life as if nothing had happened. And he's grown attached to and identified with the high position that he had uh, neither wept for his lost wife nor ran to greet her when she returned. And now, you know, he's drunk with being king, but he hasn't been initiated. So no one can be leader or king or queen without going into the depths of the unconscious, without knowing the ways of the underworld. You just don't get it. So when Inanna, she's ventured into the unknown, Dumuzi has uh, turned his attention to earthly achievements, and, and he, he's kind of the logical candidate as well in that her uh, best beloved consort is equal to Inanna because of the love. That's why we can get so enraged at the one that we love because it opens up. That's the one person that can open up a womb or unwittingly touch onto our wounds. And then all hell breaks out. So this is part of what is happening between Anana comes up and she's claiming her right to survive. She is no longer the beautiful maid or the daughter of the father, but she's ugly and ruthless and selfish and willing to be very negative, willing not to care. Now, she's not going to stay that way. But that's part of when you want to make a change or you want to get out of a uh, negative or, or suffering relationship, you need to be willing not to care. Because the caring keeps you in it. So the not to care is kind of a, a neutral position. It's like, what am I caring for this for? This person keeps on selling me out. Or an event may happen that they clearly do not mourn for you or suffer or show up when you're wounded. They don't care. They just see, oh, well, that's, that's no big thing. They'll get over it. They'll have a happy ending. Well, that doesn't fly in, in today's world or any other world. So she comes up with this capacity to say, no, I have to, this uh, beloved is uninitiated. He doesn't know the way of the underworld, and, and we all must be initiated. You know, there's a, a, a wonderful uh, quote from Jung that somebody reminded me of the other day, a, a wonderful therapist reminded me of the, the other day. I was having a talk with him. And that Jung uh, said that uh, the longest journey for a man is from his mother to the front door. And there's great truth in that. You may leave the mother's house, but if you don't leave the mother complex, you got half a man because he's still the strings are still being pulled by some unconscious uh, belief system. He doesn't want to go into the underworld. He doesn't want to see what's really going on. He just wants to stay connected, act out, have a good time, party, be successful in the world, whatever it may be. But he doesn't want that journey into the underworld. 
So we can feel if there's a sense of betrayal or we just have gone through great suffering. What are you so happy about? We're going to blow. We don't even know that we're playing out this ancient Sumerian myth of life and death and the return to life. So in this myth, both the goddess, she sacrifices herself because she knows she has to. She dies and then she's reborn. And also her lover, or what is called the sun lover, is supposed to do the same, only he is not so willing to do that. So someone's not willing to pay the price. You're going to pay it one way or the other. So the problem for Inanna on her return is the substitute for herself. Who can she choose as her scapegoat? Uh, the law of uh, conservation and sacrifice of energy permitted her release. In the myth, the law is revealed to be the foundation of the year God writes. As we have seen, only by sacrifice can the, can the rupture from the wholesome pattern be rebalanced. On one level, uh, she can see that only her best beloved consort is equal to Ainata. And as part of the, the, the poem, there's a beautiful song where she realizes what she must do and the pain of that. And yet, we have to do it. We've got to sacrifice so that the other, okay. So, but Dumuzi's love of the goddess has brought him prosperity and great joy, and he's whooping it up, and he gets to be king. But he, but he had dead intimacy that entails a price. And all of us, with any intimate encounter, there is a price. There's even an esoteric law that, you know, a one-night stand, which is absolutely fine depending on the night and the person. Um, as women, we will hold on to that energy for one year. The man holds on to it for 30 days. That's the law. So you look and say, is this worth a year? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. So it's not about being promiscuous. It's about, do we want to hold this energy of this lover, stranger, or someone we can't really have a relationship with, so we sleep with them anyway and uh, we pay the price. We can't get rid of it for a year. So sacrifice must be made. See, and no mortal can endure the awesome face and reality and survive unscathed when we've met the divine. Which is why when people call in the holy or they call in the divine, their whole life turns to a river of shit. It has to. You're calling in a supernatural force um, that doesn't necessarily realize that we're human. It's like all I wanted was to be good. Boosh. You know, well, this is what it takes because your defense mechanisms aren't, uh, you know, you, you need to be real, not just good, real. Uh, so there he is. He needs to be sacrificed. And as an initiate, the goddess takes him into the underworld aspect. This is the esoteric and psychological mystery of uh, 
of Ainata challenges her equal to make the same descent she endures. Perhaps she's claimed the same strength and wisdom. So that's why when there's difficulty in relationships, the first thing we scream is to the therapist, do a tour of duty in the underworld so you can understand in hopes that a descent will be made and the beloved will begin to understand uh, one's suffering. I mean, we all suffer in different ways, but at least have a respect for the price I paid. I gave you my best years. And you do. But it doesn't seem to face them until it happens to them. So uh, being the, the beloved hurts the most because it means being known and knowing the other's complexes in their depth. So when, we, when someone is the beloved, there are, there are inevitable moments of an evil fate since the intimate one opens the deepest wounds and lovers thus become enemies. There are inevitable moments of evil fate since the intimate uh, opens up the deepest wounds and lovers and thus we can become enemies. That's pretty powerful. Uh, you know, this often happens when we're meant to develop psychologically. We find ourselves choosing an intimate who will rub our noses in our worst complexes just for that purpose. Now, they don't necessarily know that they're doing that. Not a conscious act, but they are called to arms, so to speak. So if we can dial it back a little and say, hmm, I really do have to look at this. I have to look at my anger or I have to look at my entitlement uh, issues. I'm not a deity. I have to earn. See, the entitlement doesn't want to earn or doesn't believe they have to earn. Uh, Of course, they're going to get set up for a a truth or dare moment. And sometimes we only hurt uh, a person or we only bother to hurt when we hold the other one as dear uh, or as necessary of speaking our own truth. When there is a genuine, although feared, equality in in situations of intimacy where there is no felt equality, it is extremely difficult to speak with the objective vision of the dog goddess for speaking objectively then threatens our view of loving based on child needs for parental comfort and security. So too often we just kind of pussyfoot around uh, and we cringe and we protect ourselves and the other when she or he seems too weak to bear the facts without terrible retaliation. So that's why there's war in heaven and on earth. It's a call to initiation. And if we're complacent and docile, only because we don't want to be disturbed in our, you know, our identified happiness, then life is going to come in and act out something that you're forced to. So this is part of what this myth is teaching. It's not just the myth of vegetation and the way of 
uh, death and growth. It is also within our, our introverted side. You know, it, it implies that uh, the ideal most cherished must be sacrificed or given up to the goddess. So this kind of beautiful uh, agreeableness of the love of the goddess and the human uh, father-daughter is identification with spirit and having these things easily and innocent. Those animist ideals, the animus is the masculine side of the feminine, must be redirected towards the dark goddess herself and change profoundly in her service in order that the woman herself in service to the self may survive. So the beloved Dumuzi here is the favorite animus attitude, the old king that the feminine soul must render to the self kill as the primary source of her own validation and identity. So that's why the, the, all of this happens in relationships. Why are relationships so difficult? Well, part of relationships being so difficult is we're not told or educated or even imagined. We're going to live happily ever after, which is, number one, boring and dangerous. What the hell does that mean, happily ever after? No, it means that's the one you chose to initiate, you, and, and they've chosen you. Kind of you can't live with them and you can't live without them. That's what that is about. So when there's these great epic shifts of supposed betrayal, that betrayal is always an upgrade in consciousness. When we've been betrayed, that's the lords of the underworld announcing, okay, you're going to do a tour of duty in the unknown part of yourself. And you will know it, and you will weep for it, and you will love it, and you will understand it's been repressed, and anything that's repressed is going to build energy. That's why it has to, there's almost inevitably an explosion. Especially the one who's holding of the repression, and finally blows one day. It's like, what, what's the matter with you? Everything was perfect as long as you agreed to me doing whatever I felt like doing. And then what happens? You blow. So that's part of what is happening to Dumuzi. I mean, he, he's been king, and, uh, but the qualities of understanding, compassion, devotion, and belonging to others, he had lacked. He had turned the feminine wisdom of his youngest. He's, he's turned to his, the feminine wisdom of his younger sister, but even in the dream, there was a portent uh, of hope for just as Nezabar at Inanna's request, had wept for Inanna and saved her life. So it was to be that Gestiana would help take up Dumuzi's spirit and not let it die. So the sister suffers. Dumuzi's friend portrays him for material profit, but his sister is true to the end. And even with Dumuzi being transformed into a snake and then a gazelle, he is still unable to escape the gala. The gala are the ones that are going to take him 
to the underworld. So the die is cast, the realization that Dumuzi is no longer welcome on earth. Now, Ainana does not do this with ease. She suffers greatly, but it must be done. Sometimes with children, we have to uh, change our course so that they don't become entitled and become useless upon the earth. Entitlement is is a very uh, distorted uh, way to live life because the entitled person is always getting the other one to carry the blame or carry the hard work or, or I don't know, why do I have to do that? You have to do that because you have to own your keep. That's why you have to do that, no matter who you are. So here now, there's, then there's this whole dynamic where, you know, they're running after him and he's turning into the snake and the gazelle, and but none of it works. So uh, being very close to Dumuzi, the sister, offers to take his place in the underworld. Now, there's been many a woman who says, no, I'll suffer. He doesn't have the strength. It will be even more of a reason to step back. He needs to develop the strength. Or we do for children. No, they're not really ready. Well, if life calls them forth, guess what? They're ready. Because we do a great disservice if someone is called into an initiation and we protect them from the initiation. I'm not saying throw them to the wolves, but we can step back and watch how life or how psyche knows how to do this. Because they will never uh, become whole. They'll never become a man and they'll never become a woman if we don't let this happen in people's lives. And it can sound very cruel. No, they need to suffer this because the suffering is the ignorance The suffering is they have no idea that they have to pay back or give to the next generation. The suffering is they're not gods and goddesses. They're human beings with a god and goddess within. But they do not have the rights of the gods and the goddesses. They have the right as a human being, which is initiation and growth. So here once again, uh, first is Sainana, you know, she gives him everything, and then, and then the sister says, no, I'll do it for you. Uh, and the sister can also mean an aspect of oneself that will take the suffering for her brother. So she she wants to take his place in the underworld. And this is not the grand gesture uh, of Christ on the cross, but much more personal and deeply feminine He gave his life for all men. It was a grand gesture. She, uh, Gestiana, she offers herself courageously, accepting her own destiny for one man she cares for, her brother. Her motivation is human passion, love, and grief. So it's not martyrdom. It's human passion. So Gestiana, whose name means vine of heaven, is thought of in the myths as a wise woman. 
in service to the human dimension. She does what she can to redeem the one lost in the underworld. She, she acquiesces to her own cutting down. She does not flee from her fate, nor does she disengage the goddess of fate, as does Gilgamesh and the patriarch. She volunteers. And in this courageous, conscious acquiescing, she ends the pattern of scapegoating by choosing to confront the underworld herself. So she is the result and she is the embodiment of the whole initiation process. She is the result and she is the embodiment of the whole initiation process. She feels personally and can be lovingly related as a partner of the masculine. So she's also the anima. She's also willing to serve both the light and the dark aspects of her own depths and the goddess. She's not yet made her descent, but there is no struggle uh, within her between her instincts to relate to her beloved and her instincts to stand alone for her own depths. So she offers, uh, her offer moves Ainana as the two sides of the feminine meet, her passion and compassion, willingness and feeling. And in this presence, her earthly sister, Gestiana, that completes Ainana's journey on earth and reconnects her to Dumuzi and other, and so all into life. Ainana decrees that each will spend half the year in the underworld, uh, a stopping place on the way to the great below. Ainana blesses her brother and her sister with both eternal life and death, Dumuzi is thus married to the composite goddess, Ainana Arishkagal, and as such to experience all of women. Not only is he to know the love of the goddess, but the goddess of death as well. So there's a very important to recognize that we, we need to know the goddesses of life and death. We need to be initiated. And is it, and these you know this myth is as true and living um, in our world in our everyday life as much as uh, it was you know thousands and thousands of years ago. So in the end, Arishkagal is praised, and this is what we are also beginning to become aware of the dark sister or the dark brother within ourselves, the shadow, is doing a hell of a lot of work, but also must be honored. And and the, 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 the naming, you know, well, that's that person's shadow. Or that, you know, no, that's not cool, because you don't really know what aspect, unless you're deeply trained. Unless you've been initiated, it's just all chitta-chatta. An initiation does not mean, you know, you're reading a book or you're taking a workshop. But initiation is, a di- is, is deep within our being, deep within our consciousness. And that's why it's with suffering. Why do we have to suffer for consciousness? Because it's repressed. If we need to give the birth to something we don't know about ourselves, it's always rude 
It's always an awakening. It takes a long time. But if we go willingly into the unknown, or at least consider, you know, if that was my shadow, forget what happened. If that's my shadow, what would my shadow be up to? What would it know? Because the shadow knows. It's got everybody's secrets. And then once we have a relation, a conscious relationship with the shadow, we can then understand. And we can also outsmart and overcome because we understand. Salvation, what would that be like? We're not going to put, you know, uh, words of glory and delight over our enemies. We have to integrate. So by understanding and approaching the dark forces of reality and the unconscious and slowly peeling away defenses and ego identification, particularly after the conscious ideal of the personality wounded by cutting off from its roof by the devaluation of matter and the feminine. So this is happening every day in every way in all of us with the man's anima, with our animus. So this great story is well worth studying and looking at and seeing how it plays out in your everyday life. So the suffering and the disrobing and the humiliation and the death and the, the stations of her defense, her crucifixion on the underworld peg and her resurrection... These all prefigure Christ's passion and represents perhaps the first known archetypal image of dying divinity whose sacrifice redeems the wasteland of earth. It's not for mankind's sin, did Inanna sacrifice itself, but for the earth's need for life and renewal. So, and we're going to still continue. We've got a little bit more on this one. And uh, then we'll be off into other things. And next week is going to prove to be one of those really interesting, uh, we live in interesting times. So don't get caught up in other people's anger or your own. Look at it in a different way. Till next week. Bye-bye.